All right, you are now tuned in to Peep Squeak, the Double Tundra Podcast. I'm your host, Sean, and today I am joined by... Your co-host, David, a.k.a. Peter. <laughs> Bruh, last time I told you, you're not a co-host. Uh, whatever. Okay. I am joined by David, a.k.a. Peter. But while we are on the topic of... <laughs> co-hosting <laughs> my friend contacted me and spoke to me my friend kai who listens to the podcast he always has great things to say appreciate you kai um but anyway he indicated that it is about time that we make you a co-host here at peeps creek the double on tundra podcast now finally uh uh-uh. I was totally against it because I like to be the creative director. I like everything to go according to plan. Uh, and the more people I have to involve, the more complicated it goes. But the board of directors, <laughs> <laughs> they had a vote. And guess what? What? They decided that we should make you co-host of Peeps Creek, the Double Dome Tundra podcast. How do you feel about that? Honestly, I thought I was a co-host in the first episode, but no. hey, thank you for those who voted on my favor. Alright, so the vote is in, the acceptance has been received, that means that with that title comes great responsibility hey, here. Hey, let's make this Peeps Creek great again. <laughs> Makes Peeps Creek Make Peak Creek great again. All right, so we are going to go into episode seven shortly. Um, episode seven is part two of Code Switching, where we had Dr. Tiffany Mitchell and Jay, as well as myself and David, speaking about language and the switching and things of that nature. So, Dr. Mitchell is going to join us at the very beginning of the second episode, and then the three of us, Jay, myself, and Peter, will continue the conversation. Before we move to that episode, let's check in and see how your week's been. How your week been? Busy. Busy, 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 busy. All right. And why is that? How you feeling? Uh, Actually, uh, I feel drained because it was a busy week, though. I mean, week. Wiki. Lord have mercy. <laughs> what is a week? You think a leaks? <laughs> okay, so Wick. it was a busy week for you. You mean work, personal, what? Uh, work. Okay. Because um, we are short stuff, right? And at my job, I'm particular um, like a second half of combos, meaning passwords and stuff like that. And there's only me, so I have to be there from opening to closing. Every single day, Monday through Saturday now, and having basically Sundays off for right now for the next three or four more weeks to come. Sounds like you're complaining. I'm not complaining. Actually, then I'm you good. just get like a I'm actually promotion or something. Uh, it's getting there. Not getting, I haven't get the promotion yet, but it's you getting get the there. Money yet. You get the responsibility. Exactly, because yeah. they need to test me first. You know what I'm saying? Week. I know. But what about shows? Um, my week has been busy as well. I'm preparing for a conference that I need to present at. But other Boring. than that, I know. Other than that, the Lord has woke me up every morning. He has breathed breath into my body. He continues to make me look young and healthy. Hey, you remember the last time you said you were going to switch gyms? Did you switch gyms? Uh, not at all. Have you been to the gym? <laughs> no. <laughs> I actually switched gyms. I went to a new gym and actually 
I'm pretty happy about it. My son wanted us to switch to this gym months and months and months and months ago. Um, but I was adamantly against it. But since I made the switch, I feel good about it. Um, and we are now recording in our new studio. Ooh. Uh, uh, so this is the first time that we are recording in this particular studio. So hopefully the sound and everything goes appropriately for you out there in podcast land. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, David, are you ready to go into the second episode of Code Switching? I am. Grab your drink. Mm-hmm. Grab your coffee. Mm-hmm. Alcohol. That tea. That warm milk, because you know I don't like I don't drink whole milk. That's right, warm milk. All and right. the tea. And the tea. And I don't know what else. Yeah. Uh, you we want you to sit back and join into the conversation. Okay. And if you are like me, you have your alcoholic beverage because I am over the age of twenty-one. You're almost and, forty. Um, I am partaking in V8 and vodka. Again, say it with me: V8 and Vodka. What's V8? V8. Juice. Vegetable 8. I don't know oh. what the V stands for. The hell. Anyway. <laughs> you so annoying, man. All right. I think we're going to have to have another meeting with the board of directors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because I think that vote was sabotage. Anyway, enjoy the episode. And we look forward to hearing your comments. And we are going into the episode now. Okay. So... Tiff, I know that you, you and your husband, you have carved out time to talk to yes. us. I know that you all have dinner. I have so much more to say, though. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Don't worry, because I think y'all gonna is, have me back. No, I yes, I think this is an episode that, or at least a topic that is worth discussing further. So, but what I do want you to talk about quickly before you have to depart us is, yeah. um, you are teaching at a university in mm-hmm. West Virginia where. Um, if not all, at least more than 90% of your students are non-African Americans. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Okay. And you teach some of these same principles that you just espoused here today. How do you, how do you find, um, your students receiving that and why are you comfortable teaching that, um, to the group of students that you teach to? Well, I think, like, as you said, when you met me, I'm very unapologetically black. I am who I am. I have the experience, you know, you know, I read a lot of books. So you can come at me, bro. But, you know, like, (laughs) I mean, make sure you prepare. And I think one of the things comes with I start on the first day in every classroom that I've been in, whether it was middle school or college, um, situating who I am. I start with this is where I come from. You know, I'm from different, you know, I grew up in poverty, single mother, all of that. You know, I tell them what I've learned and how, you know, poverty doesn't necessarily mean destitute or rich without value. You know, I had a lot of books in my home as opposed to what you might read in research. And I talk to them a lot about and I do exercises with them on perspective on how your life um, experiences shape your worldview. But it's a responsibility for you to understand that other people have different worldviews and other people have different experiences and you need to value that and all classrooms are diverse they think what i find here is that oh well i'm going to teach in this um you know predominantly white school and they're all the same they're not all the same either they're diverse too so now you need to figure out whether it's socioeconomic whether it's ability whether it's um sexual identity or whatever 
I'm a black woman, you know, I'm cis, gender, all this, all of these different identities that play out. And so I do a lot of that unpacking work with them in the beginning, which allows them to then unpack and open up about themselves. So I kind of lead it and I've done that with my students. And then when we have these conversations and discussions, they feel like they can share. Will I reach everybody? No. Do I have some people that are, you know, coming around to it? Yes, absolutely. And and that's what I'm there for is to just drop that exposure. Um, and, and somehow all the uh, students of color, black students, if they find me on campus, they come to my office and all that. I don't even teach them, you know, <laughs> just look for that reassurance and all of that. Yeah. You know, um, we will find each other. They we find you. So they seem like I'm not afraid. And I tell another thing that works with me, too, is kind of that lack of fear. I told them, my students, like I always say, I used to work at Sports Authority. I got skills. I could be a teacher. My teacher certif- certificate is still intact. You know, I ain't, if I lose this job, I'm still good. I got the hustle. So I'm going to say what I need to say. And I think that what ends up, you know, people have, you know, responsibilities and they're worried about the politics and all of that. And I completely understand. Um, but I know this for me is my mission, my passion. So I'm willing to um, go forth through it. And, you know, I'm like funny. I'm cool. I mean, I got this sauce. You know, I be wearing the sneakers and stuff. Like that. <laughs> so they, they, be a, they love it. You know, they be talking. I mean, these white boys come to my office all the time. Like, every week. Oh, what's up, Dr. Mitchell? How you doing? You know, oh, let me show you what. The kid came last. I, I watched the 13th and um and the Black Power mixtape. What else should I watch? I said, cool. I'll send you email in about wow. five minutes. Nice. So that shows that I think we think a lot of times there's not a lack. You know, people don't want to know, and I think there are people that are like that. But I think a lot of people have not had access to information. They only see what they see on TV. Like if you go overseas, you know, they'll say, oh, you know, you one of the loving hip hop girls. You know, and I'm like, oh snap! You know, wow. And you think about that. You That's know, all I they've been exposed to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, I think, people get confused what black culture is and the layers of it, and we got to push beyond that because black culture is so expansive. We're not a monolith, um, and if we're gonna really talk about ways people are oppressed, it's not just through language; it's through all these other things that confound it. Right. So. Um, I am going to let you go on your date with your husband. She's a newlywed. Oh, yeah, I had to go. Let me go get my little. I'm about to get me a little mug. All right, no, get you some mug. Get you some vodka up in it. (laughs) But look, so we are definitely going to continue this conversation. I would love to have a second episode on this. Um, And so. Um, we will find a time in which you can come on where we all yes. are available and you are available. But I, I truly, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate you taking the time out to have this conversation with you. You've dropped a lot of knowledge on us. And I think we're going to continue the conversation. More than likely, Jay and I are not going to agree. Let me make that clear. And that's okay because we don't have to. I think come on. we don't have to. Come on. Absolutely that right. need to be brought up. This is not a one-all issue. And I think that's the problem. Like... We people should be able to speak how they want to, but we also know that it there's power structures in that, and there and it can affect people's lives in different ways. So I mean, it's all of that. All right, Dr. Tiffany Mitchell, Black Power Tiffany, um, go ahead and let us know of any final words that you have to say on this topic. 
So there are no, I guess, straight answers for this topic. I think it's been widely researched, um, particularly in the last 30 years. I think it's a conversation at multiple levels, but I I definitely want to always keep um, thinking about the role of oppression and uh, whiteness and all of that as it's laced into language and that we also think about how it's racialized when it comes to um, black and brown communities in particular um, and, and what that means. So I think it's a conversation that's going to continue to keep going. People co-switch all the time. All people co-switch. You know, people talk to their mama and their cousin and their friends in totally different ways. And um, or a baby, you know, the way they would talk to a baby as opposed to someone else. So I think um, we have to think about that. And, and I guess my main piece is I want to say is that black people are not monolithic. If you have a hundred black people, you have a hundred different ways to be black. We have a shared identity and history and ancestry um, and culture, but we all are um, experienced and, and express that in different ways. And, and that should be valued and appreciated and respected. All right. So you heard Dr. Mitchell. And if I you are history. down there in West Virginia University, you go down to her class and she will sit. Look, I asked her for a book. You know, she sent me an email, told me all these things I'm trying to read. I'm like, I only got two weeks. So <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got to come to my office. I stay with a book. Book getting strong. So anyhow, we appreciate your time. I'm sorry that we kept you a little longer than anticipated, but I want you to have a happy dinner with your Thank husband. You. Um, and stay black and stay Always. strong. Always. All right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Throw the fist up. <laughs> Young black and dope Young shirt. black right. and dope Young black yes. and dope <laughs> All right, take it All easy. All right, y'all have a good one. It's a great show. I can't wait to hear it next week. Thank you, ma'am. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, Dr. Mitchell, thank you for all your support on the podcast. We really appreciate you. We appreciate what you're doing there in West Virginia University and keeping the community, the community of the world aware of the black culture. Okay, because the university is the mecca of diverse opinions, beliefs, and expectations, according to the Supreme Court. Anyway, uh, so you're going to get people from Howard worked up because, you know, Howard is known as the Mecca. Yeah. Just FYI. I did not attend HBCU for a particular reason. Actually, I did. Um, it didn't work out for me. <laughs> <laughs> so. What HBCU I, did you attend? I, I'm not going to say. Oh. Because I don't want to make anyone feel any kind of way. Look, HBCUs are great. I'm glad that Benedict College receive their funds so that they can stay accredited. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm really proud of that. Ace um, Hampton, what, what university did you say? Howard? Howard. Oh, in D.C., yeah, they are the Becker. Except for the hospital looks empty. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to talk a little bit about that, but I don't want to go into... Ooh, you going to get Howard grads <laughs> upset. <laughs> you, ever been, you ever been, you ever drove around the hospital lately? Uh, no, because I want to live. <laughs> oh, so you would not go there, right? Okay. Anyway, moving forward. So let's complete this conversation. Um, we were talking a lot about code switching, and David Peter was silent most of the time because 
you know, we were talking about it from an African American perspective because um, I'm black, if you didn't know that. <laughs> um, Jay is black. I, I don't know. She really know that yet. I prefer not to be labeled. Oh my lord! No, okay, I am some, African American. Oh, like, like she said, she's uh, an American. <laughs> <laughs> and David is Hispanic, right? Or, Latino. It, do you prefer Latino or Hispanic? I prefer Latino, though. You prefer Latino? Yeah, yeah, kind of. And do. you are from um, El Salvador. We right. talked about this on several ep- episodes. Right. And then I don't know why people mention it. You're Mexican, sure. Allegedly, because you 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 don't <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Well, there's some family stuff that he needs to figure <laughs> out. I know. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I mean, you don't have to bring out all the man's dirt. I'm on sorry. The podcast. No, good. Not I'm, my mom's. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is mother's dirt. <laughs> no, I am playing. This is just for the podcast. <laughs> he is from El Salvador and Mexico. I don't know how he's from both places because I don't know if he's set foot in both places. But what I understand is his ethnic. Um, uh, you don't have to go to details. Origins is El Salvador and Mexico. Okay. So, David. Yes. So, when we <laughs> talked about this topic, you were a little iffy about participating. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Because you were concerned about ensuring that you didn't say anything that would offend individuals of the African-American race or correct. black people. Correct. Or people who subscribe to being African-American, like Rachel, um, that girl. Dolezal. Dolezal. But she changed her name. Her name is um, something, something, something. African? It's really African. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, more power to her. Yeah. So she changed her name. So for those individuals who subscribe to being of African American um, descent um, or in the community, you felt that you were going to offend it. But what I want to talk about it is from you heard us talk about this code switch, this concept of moving between what is typically acceptable and what is not acceptable based upon whom you speaking to. Right, correct. Um, and so I know when I was taking Spanish in college, um, my professor was talking about the fact that a lot of individuals, a lot of Latino um, individuals, people who speak Spanish, will change um, verbs and conjugate verbs um, based upon whom they're speaking to. That, yeah. That so if you're comfortable with a person, you say a certain word. Oh, to whom you're speaking. Mm-hmm. To whom you're speaking. Um, Get it right, sure. Well, I'm not trying to get right. This is a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not writing a paper, but I was writing a paper. Let, let me be perfectly clear. <laughs> okay. I am published. Okay. Multiple articles. <laughs> educational articles. I was the editor of Law Review. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. But when I speak, I speak to my people. On paper. Okay. Put it together. Now, let's move forward. I, I just need to put Jay in her place real quick. All right, so my place. Yeah, your place. Oh. Try to play me. Don't play me on my I little d- hey, podcast. Hey, I'm not trying to play you. I'm All just right. letting you know. So, David, you change the words based upon um, who you're speaking to. That yeah. That, okay, yeah. so talk to us a little bit. So, in my community, we have this. Um, you know, in English, you use basically the same word to uh, to refer to older, younger, uh, middle-aged um, people. Um, but when you're referring to, in Spanish to someone older than me, or um, or professor, or mom, father, you know, uncles, um, 
that is older than you, you will refer to a usted. You know, you will not you will not say two because two is a word that you will use with your friends or someone that you don't care or someone your age. Um, but you do have to be really specific how you speak to someone older than you because if you somehow um, refer to them as in you refer to your friends, you will actually get corrected at the moment. You know, they will not just look... It's considered disrespect. Correct. And that is a big thing. You know, uh, we I grew up in a household where uh, my grandma, my grandmother is a teacher. And she was really particular in that situation when we had to refer to adults in a, in a certain way. Or either just be in the room where adults were having conversations, we had to be somewhere else go find something to do but we're not allowed to be there and if you ever speak to someone older than you you have to refer to them with respect um, so we have to switch the tone in the language that we um, use to whom we're talking to like you said so we have to be really particular about it and, and, uh, and but, but did you find that people respected that or did you find that individuals took that as okay you're using certain words a certain way or using a term a certain way and so therefore you don't know the language oh no no that the thing is like um if you if you don't use the right uh, um the right words to describe them or to talk to them they will consider you as you're not educated you're not going to school and stuff like that and probably they not even went to school you know they probably never graduated or they don't even know how to read or read Write or read, but you has you still has to refer them as with respect. So but, but, these are parallels in the black community, then, where I was saying earlier how when we don't use uh, the king's English, that people will perceive us as being less educated. No, right? I don't think that's parallel at all. <laughs> I, well, I, think, I, think I think it is parallel. No, like yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Based on no, what he said, he no, just said not. that if you mm -hmm. aren't using, uh, hold on, this is my opinion. Okay, so let me express it. We're going to edit don't, this out. You don't, you don't have to agree with it. But all I'm saying is what he just expressed sounds like there's um, a parallel that can be made to the point we were making fundamentally about code switching. So uh, I think our concept and our perspective initially was about black people code switching, particularly between white uh, uh, mainstream society and our own specific cultural audiences. Right. And it's but what Dr. Mitchell did was expand our understanding to a certain degree to say that code switching exists throughout all cultures, all people. And David has corroborated that in saying that if you don't use the correct tense in his language in addressing people of different ages, then people will think you are uneducated. Right. And but and but but can I can I let, let me just say why I don't think that's accurate. Okay. Proceed. Okay. Is this is that the difference between what David and what you're saying is this is that it's not about the tense. It's about knowing the audience with whom you're speaking. And so, if you're speaking to a certain individual um, of a certain stature or individual with whom you don't um, you're not comfortable with, you are expected to use certain words and switch the dialect regarding that and if you don't do that 
It's not that you are stupid and don't know how to speak English, uh, excuse me, Spanish. It's that you're not educated in knowing with whom you're speaking and how to switch. And I think that's a little different when it comes to black community because it's not that people are saying, okay, you're not talking to a black person. It's that even if there's, even if you're speaking to black individuals and folks who are not in the community overhear you, they assume that you're illiterate. They assume that, okay, well, you know, which means uneducated. That's why I don't but, see the distinction. The, but the distinction is not about education. I think you're talking about competencies. It's correct. I think it's the 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 differences is in, in the. They sense think you're of, ignorant and unable to understand versus you have a lack of correct. teaching. Correct. Right. Okay. I th- yeah. And, and, and so you're not you're not relegated as I see ignorant. Right. I you're see, not relegated I see your as now. stupid. Um, and so that's kind of what the book was speaking about. Talk talk back, talk black is the sense that a lot of languages have these dialects where you switch in, you switch out, depending on with whom you're speaking. And people understand that, but when it comes to the black community, it's more so, uh, well, you shouldn't be speaking that way. Or, oh, you're speaking that way because you don't understand. And I don't think that's necessarily true. Like. I know for a fact, I have three degrees. I know for a fact if I need to write something or if I need to go to an interview, I know for a fact that I can pull the fucking interview through. But I don't always want to speak that way because it's not who I that's am. That's just not what you want to do and in that moment. And that's not what I want to do and, in that and moment. And I agree with you. It's not. It's unjustifiable for people to automatically assume that just because you aren't speaking the King's English, that means you are stupid and incapable. My issue is that um, that's what mainstream America will believe. And um, even though black people shouldn't live to strive to prove at all times that we are intelligent enough and capable enough, because we are, it's that, as Dr. Mitchell mentioned, it provides us the cultural capital and the social capital that we have to have in this society to exceed. Because at least for right now, the demographics say, white people are the majority and even when they don't become the majority the um the uh the the acrobatics and the and the mechanisms that uh these white people are are engaged in to maintain power means that even when they become the minority they'll still be in control that's what all that is about so if they're still in control Um, And they're certainly in control for the moment for a lot of institutions. Then we have to play the game. Do we? I think we do. Why? To get ahead. Okay. Okay. But I think that goes... I don't think that means we have to totally conform. Don't get me wrong on that either. But... We don't have to abandon our identity in order to do that. But But I think reality dictates that in certain aspects, we are required to play their game to get ahead. Yeah. Sometimes you have to assimilate to elevate. Okay. Mm. All right. I I hear you. I respect that. But I want to take this to a higher level. Why? Because fundamentally, if dial if, if vernacular is is prevalent in every language, no matter where you go, vernacular changes based upon the situation that you're in. Sure. And so why is it that with black vernacular, 
it seems as if if we speak it, that we're less than. And so in order to be considered um, an individual with whom we, you know, you need to pay attention to or he's educated or, okay, that guy is sharp or that guy is smart. He's so articulate. He's articulate, right. Why do we have to play that game? Because it's a numbers game right now. And it's an issue of black people not being in enough positions of power and authority and being able to systematically and institutionally affect the change that we need in order for our vernacular to not be an issue because the white people who are in charge and control these institutions control the uh, I don't know what the word is control the systems that dictate our day-to-day living until they accept that I don't have to speak the king's English in order for you to understand that I'm intelligent enough that I deserve to be here that I deserve to be heard then we are constantly fighting an uphill battle and all I'm saying is there are certain, just like Dr. Mitchell said, there is a time and a place for everything. So sometimes you have got to mm. play that you have game. Got to? You have got mm. to play that you game. See. Okay, time's in out. Order People, to you see how when I said whom to who you speak it to or whom you speak it to, it's like, ah, oh, it's really to whom you speak to. But she get the she get the slider to got to. It is got to. That's not an inappropriate form mm, of English. I, don't, I think that's improper. But go okay, ahead. But look at a Google it. Got to Google it. You ain't say got to. You say gotta. Got to gotta. That's still not incorrect English. Gotta. How do you spell gotta? I didn't say gotta. Got to. So that's not the point. My point is. <laughs> my point is that you still have to play the game to a certain extent, and that's all I'm saying. Good that deal. was the impetus of this conversation when I was, you know. Had when I had notes about your previous yeah, and podcast. I told you I don't care about those notes now. Yes, I do, but but the point is that's this conversation. I, no, I agree. I'm not saying okay. I I guess what I'm trying to get at is I'm not saying because you do isolate, you do alienate and isolate some people um, who otherwise would uh, be a fan or would otherwise I get that subscribe to whatever it is you're I get you're, that you're presenting. I get that 100. percent but I guess for me, I don't care. And let me tell you why I don't care. This is my platform. I, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm not trying to put it it's out. It's your like, podcast. It's my you podcast. Can do I can want. do what the fuck I want. But it's my platform. And if you don't subscribe to what my platform has to offer, then don't listen. And if I only have three, five, six, eight, ten people listening, it's those people who I want to connect with because they will then communicate with individuals who will bring another three, five, six, eight, ten people. I and guess those will for, be your people. Those would be my people who understand me, recognize the substance of what we have to do, what I have to deliver. And let's take and won't very, be hung up on the veneer. Exactly. Let's take a very vivid example. Cardi B, mm-hmm. when she was talking about this whole political right. conundrum about the wall, right? There are folks who very articulately identify why the wall shouldn't be built. There are folks who will very articulately artic- uh, identify why the wall should be built. And she came in with what she understood 
and how she talked. And it was, so, it it was very it, profound in it her was very deliverance, profound. right? And people and, wanted and to people criticize her, right? And people recognized. And folks, and here's the thing that I don't think people recognize is that people who normally would not pay attention paid attention. And so I said this. I think I said this on one oh. episode when we were doing the church thing, like the relationship episode right where people in the church sometimes and i'm not trying to get religious but we tend to speak to the people who show up every day who are already there who's already there as opposed to the people we they should and, be reaching and the people for. that we need to reach out and get and and so for me i think language does that because if i can connect with you if I be can resonate relatable. with you, if I can relate with you, then I would be more re- I would be more responsive to what you have to say, including those things that I don't agree with. Well, that's true. And so that's that's my perspective. And I think part of it is there are those who feel threatened by someone who doesn't need to use the quote unquote standard English and yet can still have a message, excel elevate that's part of the reason cardi b is so heavily criticized is people want to restrict her to a particular box they want to put her in the box of a stripper and they she want to said put her in the box of there. a dumb rapper but if you listen to her i've listened to some interviews she's given and i actually gained a lot of respect for her from my initial impressions because she is smart she may not have the exact tools but see what people like Cardi B are proving is that I don't need to go to an Ivy League school to have a good idea or to motivate people or to make change. But can I? Can and I? That's can I, what can I say scares. One thing? Let me finish my point. Wait, wait. You, you. I want you to go back to a point because your point was important. You were saying about how you gained a lot about Cardi B, but in that same sentence, you said she may not have the same tools. But, she hasn't been provided the same tools. In one and, of the interviews she talked about was how she speaks the way she does because she grew up in a household where her father really struggles with English to the point where he's embarrassed about how he sounds when he tries to speak. Right, that's all I want you to so say. So he won't to talk. To ex- he, oh, explain. to explain that. To extrapolate. Okay, so he won't talk. He won't speak in English in public. So she says, and this is why I sound this way. And she said, I know that a lot of people think I'm ignorant just because of the way I talk, but I'm not. And the more I heard a couple of different interviews with her. And if you just have seen her professional trajectory, I think she's had a lot to do with that. It's not just handlers that are instructing her what to do. I think she's been very active in making the right choices and becoming what she is today. I mean, she just first female first person to win a grammy for a hip-hop album of the year award so um but you know she proves that you which is the point i was making before you so rudely interrupted me is that she proves that you don't have to have an ivy league education you don't have to have abcd and for these people who have been conditioned to understand that that if you check off these boxes and you follow this path then you are guaranteed success you are guaranteed a place at the table she is upsetting that paradigm and that's what they don't like about it so they want to disparage her that's the same thing that's happening 
to Ocasio-Cortez in Congress. They don't know what to do with this young woman. She's speaking her mind. She's Latina. They don't know. The white men are terrified. She did not follow the formula. And not only that, she's going to motivate and mobilize all these people who will soon be the majority and whom, uh, you know, enough of them will get us out of office. So, So for those people who have ridden a wave of the status quo, They're terrified right now. And so that's another reason they would like to put people in a box who are not speaking their English. They want to automatically label them as ignorant and uneducated, unworthy. Because if they convince enough people that that's the truth, then it's hard to to unify and mobilize and elevate. Okay, so let me just correct the record for both of you. Okay, I don't know if this is going to stay in or it's going to be edited out. But I didn't really interrupt. But... As a trained investigator and in my profession, it's important that when someone says something, that something needs to be extrapolated. In other words, you need to expand upon it because it's it's important. And I felt like what you had to say about that particular point was glanced over or could have been glanced over during a normal listen that I felt like you needed to talk about because that's that that is the point of this episode is that. You don't have to talk a certain way to galvanize people. You don't have to speak a certain way for people to respect what you have to offer. And too often, I think we get hung up on, okay, well, particularly in the minority community, I can't speak for the the Hispanics, Latinos, David, that's your arena. Um, But for black folks, I feel like we get so hung up on, okay, we always have to be on when we deliver a message because if we don't deliver a message the the right way or articulately, that individuals won't receive it. And I just feel like at some point, we need to stop worrying about the people who we think need to receive it because the folks who need to receive it, they're not talking like that because it's the young people Sometimes my my perspective on this is that it's the young folks who are changing the paradigm because older folks or people who are non-millennial tend to get hung up on the process versus the the impact. I wouldn't disagree with you, but they're in they're still in positions of power. No, I agree. Depending on what you want. No, no, I agree. I I agree wholeheartedly. Um, But. You know, sometimes we, I, I just feel like for me personally, we get hung up on that. Um, and we discount people too quickly because they don't subscribe to the concept of the King's English. And quite frankly, I hate calling the King's English because who the fuck is the King? Okay, I'm the king of my castle. Those of you who were on my live, you saw me in my African robe on here. I am straight from the motherland. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. No, but you know, anyway. This is anything else to add, David? Yes. Oh no, 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 no. Okay. Well, kind of actually do. You know, the the fact that like I was mentioning about that we had it. You know, uh, choose the right words to communicate with someone. In my community, sometimes the burning or the uh, or the heavy thing about us doing the right thing is that that leads to our parents. 
you know they will not just tell you oh you're not educated or you don't know how to communicate they will go straight to the parents you know so your parents are they, they don't teach you anything they didn't they didn't raise you well you know that goes to that so that gives us like like the responsibility to prove not us being educated but make our parents not look like bad parents so that's why in my community it's really essential to use the right words to communicate with whoever whom whomever we communicate in at the moment like for example what like I, until today i still trying to put that in practice with my hispanic um customers when they're older than me um uh i will refer to them as in uh you know in spanish of course uh sir um by the last name or usted uh, instead of two using you know so i will still put in that because the code the, the code switching that we do that i do is not just um a one time thing it's something that i practice every single day even when i see my mama still switching the code as soon as i walk into the door i have to switch it because it's my mom so you know it's someone older so it's someone that we need to respect that i need to respect so in my community we also have to um try to to um get those labels of of what like you said they put it they had put in us on those boxes of uh ignorance uh rapists drug dealers that were trying really hard to get out of there and like you said the lady of congress um she's speaking her mind so they are terrified uh because white people are in their own box they 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 stay on their comfort zone and when someone like that is coming um coming, she's challenging the status quo correct so that's why they probably they had the power because they think the same mm-hmm. or they still on their own comfort zone and when someone is coming they feel like a threat right so we do have to try hard to to you know get out of those uh, little boxes that these individuals has put it us in so we are um, coming up to um, been on the podcast for quite some time on this topic and I feel like this is a topic that we are going to extend to another episode. Um, I would be delighted if, well, Peter, you'll be here. Um, <laughs> Jay. Don't assume. All right. No, he's been on every episode. Yeah, every the episode. Last episode, his whole thing was like, so hey, again, Sean, what were we talking make, about earlier? You should ask him, Peter. You should say, I would love for you to come on for the next episode. No, if you're available. What were we talking about off, off air? What were but we talking he's about? part of the. He's part of the podcast, so it's St- like, But still, the assumptions that we talked about, okay, remember? Wouldn't me, it be nice to say... This is going to be edited out. Peter, we're not about I would to, love we're not to, about have to have this you on, the, on the next episode. Okay, let me do it the right way. Because she ain't coming back. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> Peace Creek. The Double Up Tonjo Podcast. We'd love to have you again. Would you accept the invitation? I'll be glad to be here. Thank you. And yes, I'll be here because I know you want me back. Okay. <laughs> so now here's what I want to say as the host of this podcast. I want to close out by saying this. And um, I get the last word because, hey, I oh do. <laughs> so I've been in every single episode, but yet I'm not, I'm not being named a co-host. A co-host. Jesus Okay. Christ. 
It's official, people. As long as he put on his Instagram <laughs> that he's a co-host and put all the information necessary for the podcast, he's a co-host. Done. <laughs> all these caveats. Right. Man. So here's what I want to say. I felt like, Peter, you said some very important things that I feel like we don't do in our community. And when it came to code switching, one of the things that resonated with me, I don't know, Jay, you can jump in if you really need to, but don't feel that you have to. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Is that you talked about your parent and ensuring that it didn't make your parent look less educated and understanding Spanish vernacular. That's correct. And one thing that I think here, particularly in America with black English, and I'm just going to call it black English, is that the presumption is, is that our parents don't know sometimes. And because of that, that's not a concern. And so I just feel like it is a... Wait, say it again? With black parents? Yes. It's not a concern. For mainstream that our... It's not, a, it's, it's not necessarily a concern, hey, your parent didn't teach you the right thing. It's more so... Uh, because you're already black. You don't know. Right. There's not a... Con- well, I think inherent in that, though, is that you weren't raised appropriately. Your people didn't teach right. you. Right. But, but, but it doesn't go to your the same... Your daddy wasn't around. <laughs> okay, but it doesn't go to the same concept of what he was saying in regards to... I think a lot of... At least what... I think there's some parallels. Okay. At least for all the Spanish speakers that I know. Now, I would tell you, I've dated a lot of Spanish people. I oh, bet you did. Okay. We didn't yeah. Anecdotal evidence tells me. We did it. Anecdotal evidence tells me that a lot of Spanish-speaking individuals are really cognizant of the fact of representing their parents well and how they speak to other individuals because if they don't speak a certain way that individual will assume that their parents didn't teach them proper manners right that is correct because in my in my community our education come from home then school first right so yeah we have to be really conscious about how we speak to others and and i don't think that's really true in the black community because if you really think about our history if you I don't know being from the south I would disagree with that greatly I think um, there's been a great emphasis placed on respect for your elders and for pe- other people no no that's not what I'm talking about okay so I'm not, tell me let, what me, you let me be clear hmm. I'm not talking about the nec- I'm not really talking about respecting your elders what I understand from individuals with whom I speak who are in the Hispanic community, Latin folks who speak Spanish, it's not necessarily about respecting your elders. It's that your lack of ability to translate or speak properly to individuals turns to the fact that you're not educated by your parents and your parents are not educating you appropriately to understand it. But I would say that's what I meant when I spoke to being from the South. It's about um, um, an indictment of how your parents raised you. you About how you spoke? Yes. Yes. He's talking about... Because he's not... I don't think David is talking about... um, so his situation is different. They're t- he's talking about speaking one language, still Spanish, but a distinction in how you speak to 
elders are people to whom you need to speak in a more formal manner. But that's dialect. If you don't, that's dialect. Yes. But it's, I'm saying it's parallel to the black community. You're saying you don't think that exists in a black community. I'm saying it, does, it does exist to the extent that in the South, if you are not respectful enough in how you speak to your elders or to whom people you don't know, then it's ref- then it's a reflection of, in a lot of people's minds, how your parents raised you and how they educated you on what is appropriate. That is the issue here, it seems to me. How you use your language can be a distinction of what's appropriate and what's not and what have you have been taught and what you haven't been taught. Okay, let me be clear because I'm the one who said it. So let me be clear on what I'm saying. I don't know that you're unclear as much as no, we no. just don't agree. We cannot agree. No, no, I want to be clear because what I understand you say is this, if you... Stop strolling on your social I'm listening to you. Same way you were texting while I was talking to you a minute ago. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, let me be clear. I'm not saying what you're saying. Here's what I'm saying. I don't think main... I don't... Here's my perspective on this. And then we'll, we'll end it. You can say your thing and then we'll end it. My perspective on this is that what you're saying is true within the black community. I don't think that's true in regards of mainstream America looking into how black folks speak because they don't consider how we well, speak. Well, they don't think with, any of us have been educated. Okay, but that's the point of this conversation is that I don't think mainstream America recognize that we speak differently with individuals with whom we're comfortable with versus individuals with whom we have to work with or who we have to be in the real world with on a day-to-day basis. And so... You don't think they recognize what? That there is... I think they recognize that there is a difference of how Latin individuals speak to folks who they are comfortable with and who they're not comfortable with. But they don't give that same recognition in regards to the black community because they don't consider the way we speak a dialect. They, was, they consider the way we speak to be unintelligent of a deficiency. or deficient or stupid or incapable of being on my level. That's I, what I, I'm I, saying. I don't disagree with that to a certain extent because that's been fundamentally my point. But I will say that because black culture, African-American culture has infiltrated every aspect of American culture, that there are, particularly in the in the more current generations, there are white people who do recognize that we are code switching and that even though we can have a different dialect, which a lot of them have adopted, it's infiltrated mainstream to the point where it's in movies, it's it's in everything. But, you know, another topic of conversation is how it only becomes acceptable once white people accept it. When we are engaged in that type of language or behavior, it's considered deficient, ignorant, ghetto, until they put their stamp of approval on it, and then it's cool and it's hip and it's this and it's that. But um, I, 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 so, so I agree in general with what you're saying, but I do believe there is an up, up and coming. Um, generation and sort of perspective um, where people are starting to understand that uh, black people's use of dialect in a certain way is not reflective of a deficiency in competency but rather a choice that we have made 
all of it emanates from slavery and the fact that we English, we were not speaking English when we were brought here and that um, we were denied the right to learn to read and write for a very long time. And so all of this are, is our vestiges of European colonialism, as Dr. Mitchell mentioned. Um, but I do, I do think it is improving in terms of us not solely being regarded as ignorant just because we aren't using standard English, but we still have so much farther to go in this arena. Because again, we still, to get to certain places, we still are going to have to be able to prove time and time again that we do know what standard English is and we do use it correctly. Thank you, Jay. That was a very articulate way of saying that. I don't agree with that, but we don't need to discuss that. We will discuss that in the next episode. I do agree with most of what you're saying. I think at the bottom line, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to end this podcast with this, is that I agree with you. But the problem is, is that those individuals who recognize that are not in power. And until we get more individuals in power who recognize that, we will never see a change that will reflect that will receive, that, I don't disagree will, with will, that. that will make us feel a part of it. And until we get to that point, I think we're going to always deal with this. And hopefully it will come to a conclusion. So anyhow, let me say this. This was a very touchy subject, but I feel like my guests handle it very well, particularly Jay, because we, we go at it a lot. Um, most of that you're probably not going to hear it on the podcast because I'm going to edit it out. No, I'm not going to edit it out. So she has a He's lot gonna to say. He's going to edit it all out. Yeah, basically. Um, and I also want to thank David, who has been officially named as a co-host, even though he knows he's a co-host the whole time, whatever. Um, but I, I want to thank him for, title. For, for, for providing his feedback and giving us information. And I particularly want to thank Dr. Mitchell taking time out of her day particularly as a newlywed she changed her whole schedule with her husband so that she could be a part of this she had a lot of a lot of knowledge to impart upon this conversation as indicative in the fact that jay referred to her quite often trying to support her um falsities no i'm playing <laughs> you're so something else it's not even worthy Alright, so anyway, as you know here at Peach Creek, the Double Entendre Club podcast, I like to have fun. What I does like that to, mean anyway? I like double to, entendre. Like What's a double, double entendre meaning? of what? Like, yes, I know it means, but of because what? all of every time we have someone at the table, there's a different meaning. There's a different perspective. There's a different um, concept of what we have to offer. So that's what it means. Okay, it's a play on words. Okay. All right. So tune in, subscribe. And promote. Promote. So, once again, I appreciate you hanging out. My name is Sean, and I am joined by David, aka Peter, and by Jay. All right. That's it. <laughs> I mean, what more do you I mean, just Jay. That's all that you need. I'm a one word wonder. She okay. won't be back. <laughs> okay. So- <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> We appreciate you taking the time. This was a, 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 a heavy subject. So um, I want to give a shout out to all the music that was produced on the podcast today was created by my brother, Crazy Drake, out of Detroit, Michigan. Three, cool. Three. What's his name? Blazing Clearly. Heat, Crazy Drake. Crazy Drake? That's his music name. D-R-E-K. D. 
D-R-I-C. Crazy Drake. Drake. Okay. My brother's name is Andrico. Ah, Crazy Drake. And so, since I know him, since I grew up with him, we, we used to share rooms. <laughs> and he came up with this persona of Crazy Drake because he thought he was easy eat. Anyway, that's a whole lot. <laughs> and he swear he looks like Ice Cube. That's a whole different story. Um, but anyway, oh, wow. Crazy Drake. Crazy Drake. Mm-hmm. Blazing Huge Heat Music out of Detroit 313. All right. Thank you. And good night. <laughs>